Hello, welcome back to the For Reals Though podcast with Amanda and Jessica. And um, I'm so excited today because we have a guest and I'm going to let Jessica introduce her. Hi, everyone. We have my spiritual advisor, Holly Berger, here today. Um, we are wanting to touch on a topic. Amanda and I have been talking about this for a couple weeks. Um, and the topic is the divine feminine. And um, I have had a relationship with Holly for several years now. And um, of all the people I know in my circle, I feel like she is the most um, qualified to speak on this topic. And so we just decided to invite her over and see what she had to say. <laughs> Welcome, so, Holly. Holly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I feel so honored. <laughs> yeah, Holly, if you don't mind, if you can share with the listeners, like, who you are, what you do, how long you've been doing it, and yeah, maybe just a little bit about you, yourself, and your, what you're passionate about. Well, goodness, that could take me like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what I'm passionate about could take me five hours. So in about around 2000, I had a spiritual opening, and I started hearing my guides, which can make you feel pretty crazy. Luckily, I had some really great teachers, and I got it all ironed out into working with what I call pure Christ consciousness light. And I've written a couple books about it. I have a prayer book and I wrote a book about my journey because a lot of people ask me that question and they want to know how they can hear their guides. And I'm very passionate about helping people align with their spiritual guidance and working with light. So that's, I wrote a book called divine accordance and a prayer book called excerpts from Divine Accordance. They're both available on Amazon. You can Google my name, Holly Berger, and get all that info online. Berger with a U, B-U-R-G-E-R, just like a hamburger. <laughs> and I, I'm just really passionate about helping people in any way. I'm passionate about art and creating. I'm an artist and I'm always making something that's sort of a addiction maybe or a super heavy duty passion. I just am consistently creating something. And uh, and I do readings. I do readings. I teach people to meditate. And I talk about wonderful subjects like the divine feminine. Awesome. That's that is exactly what I wanted you to say. All of those things for our <laughs> listeners. So perfect. Um, so um, I guess I'll start out on this topic because I I'm the most excited about this topic. But um, the this Amanda and I have been. Um, not on purpose, but for creating space for this topic in the last, I would say, month. Um, and I think it started with when we started uh, noticing that we had some behaviors, some old habits, and then some thought processes and some mind chatter that wasn't like it wasn't the most ideal for where we wanted to be. Right. And we we were discussing it openly and we, some of the discussions have been on our podcast, but mostly just, you know, between the two of us. And, um, and then at the same time, we're noticing a shift in society where um, women, females are going through this massive um, uprising, but it's silent, I think. And then also this degradation of the female and what women are and, um, and and then a, then an attempt at redefining it, and so it's really complex. But really, it was really bothering um, both of us that we were realizing 
and bringing it into our conscious that we had become, um, a, I would say, a victim of sort of our society and that we were carrying that in our life, even though we knew ourselves to be different and better and stronger than that. So, Amanda, do you want to add some more to that? <laughs> no, no. I, I think what you said is, is accurate and good. And so I, I wanted to pick your brain, Holly, about the divine feminine and your definition of the divine feminine. Um, and then if you are feeling and observing similar occurrences, and then maybe a little bit of a prediction of what you see happening in our society. So I have like so many directions I can go with with this conversation. So I'm trying to narrow it down. I, I get a lot of information from people asking questions and readings. So I hear the guides talk to people about their struggles with their, you know, their femininity and their masculinity. So the, the first thing that occurs to me is that when I hear you talking about what's going on out in the world, I have sort of a, um, a filter. Uh, one of the things that I do when I hear things out in the world that I don't like, or I think are negative is I say, you know, that's, that's your belief system. And then I affirm my belief system. So okay. if people are struggling, struggling with their femininity, I often say, you know, I, I, I wish that person the best. I hope that their struggles, come to fruition and they get lots of gifts and balance and, and healings. For me, I'm experiencing this and I'm enjoying it and I, I want to keep it that way. You know, that's if I'm not in the struggle. Sometimes I am in the struggle. So when it comes to the divine feminine, my guides have shown me through the years that each person is an expression of divine feminine, male and female. Each person is a, an expression of divine masculine. So I, in this lifetime, chose to be a woman, and so my divine masculine comes out in other ways. If someone is out of balance with their divine masculine or their divine feminine, and that can start as far back as pre-life, so you can come in with something from a past life, or uh, it gets complicated with past lives because of the way energies gather together to incarnate, you're not the same energies in each lifetime. So let's just say there's 10 lifetimes that are part of your soul family. You may take two parts from each lifetime and create a new lifetime. So you have the experiences of all those lifetimes and you may have gathered those parts of your wholeness to heal something. Yeah. And if you come in to heal the divine feminine, it's going to be big for you. You're going to be angry. You're going to feel so hurt and wounded by by rumors that you think are true or or something happens to someone you feel like it happens to you mm -hmm. when that happens it's a great opportunity to say okay spirit's showing me that i'm showing myself that however you want to you know see yourself as the universe or god creator source i am presence masculine feminine however you want to see that i'm going to just use the word god to make it simple but replace my word with whatever you're comfortable with if you see that in a person, if you see it, something that's triggering you, by all means, take that as an opportunity to say, I'm going to learn from that experience. I'm going to go write this in my journal. I'm going to experience this as much as I can so I don't have to. That person's giving you a gift. If you're triggered, you're part of it, and you have the opportunity right now 
to learn with that person. There's probably lots of beings doing that with you and healing it. So what you're describing to me, Jess, is that there's a movement of something big healing in the divine feminine. Does that feel right to you? Yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling as well. So this uprising is something that has been subdued. So I would encourage you to label it because the more you label it, the more you can find where you're stuck, even if the labels are bad. You know, yeah. a, a therapist taught me that once. She's like, quit being so diplomatic about what you're angry about. Because I was like, oh, you know, there's some misplaced energy. And she's like, what is this? And I'm like, well, she's a bitch. And she's like, that's right. Let's go from there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. It was great. Yeah, it was great because then I like suddenly had permission to feel everything I was feeling and be angry about it. And I, it was such a huge learning experience to release myself that way and stop trying to be so spiritual all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel I ran across that here in the podcast because, you know, you are have do have lots of different listeners and so you have to be respectful of different situations so you do have to hold back when you're in the public eye a little bit even though you're trying to be authentic you also have to mm. recognize that some of what you say could come across in the wrong way <laughs> and not not intentionally but how you say it so it's a little challenging to to always say what you want to say without offending anybody <laughs> Amanda can we pick that apart? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, such an opportunity. Because what you just said, I want to be respectful but authentic. How many guys have you heard say that? I, I don't think None. anybody has ever said that. <laughs> I don't really? think that's ever came out of a male's mouth. <laughs> right? right? It's like all women are like, excuse me, all due respect, which is, you know, quote unquote, we all say that, all due respect, but here's my authenticity, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, if the divine feminine is, is going to be in balance, which balance doesn't look the same on each side. It doesn't mean 50-50, yin-yang, you know, there's one, one shape here and one shape there. It, we might always say, I'd like to be respectful, because maybe that is the divine feminine. Maybe that's the nurturing, mothering energy in us to be authentic. But I think that we can do that because I always do what you just said. You just described me perfectly. I want to be respectful. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But sometimes our authenticity steps on people's toes. And the yes. divine masculine never apologizes for that. The divine feminine eternally apologizes for that. Right. Yes. Right. So that? I will say that my authenticity triggers people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I love it. Except for me, it never triggers me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, she's the only person in the whole world that it doesn't trigger. It's so funny. She can pretty much say anything, and I I can understand where she's coming from, even if I don't agree, which a lot, yeah. some of the times I don't. That is a gift. <laughs> yeah, that's why we've been friends this long. And you know what? I think probably the same for you, too. I don't think, I mean, you don't always agree with me or the way, my choices, but you no. don't. I mean, it doesn't trigger you or make you upset. No, You're just like, well, no. that's my friend Amanda. She's crazy, but that's my lover. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I do want to just challenge myself a little bit because I just really spoke in ultimatums, like never and always and things like that. And, and I try not to speak like that spiritually. And if the guides just said that, you wouldn't hear them saying 
this always happens. They wouldn't say that. They would say there are times when this happens and it seems to be the more than 51%, which is critical mass and that creates the majority. So I, I just want to honor that, you know, I said that to make a point. Right. But we we get we, it. We are. Yeah, we are. See, there's you going to be trying to be respectful again. (laughs) Holly, just say always, okay? (laughs) Own it. (laughs) (laughs) But I do love that more and more people are are getting okay with people not agreeing with them. It's it's becoming out of fashion to uh, to agree with someone just to be polite. Yeah, I would agree with that. (laughs) So there's your shift in society, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. You know who's a perfect example of this? We've been sending these videos back and forth of this comedian, Matt Reif. Is that how you say oh. his name? Yes. He's unapologetic Reif. and so, I mean, what it, a lot of people may consider offensive, but he never apologized. And he's, he says the most, a lot of things that you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. Um, and he doesn't care. And people love it. I think that's what draws people to him is because he says what we're all thinking, but he gets away with it somehow. Oh, he does. Okay. What if he was a woman and did that? Yeah, I don't think it would work. I don't think people would like it. No. No, it is. I mean, if if anybody goes and watches some of his stand-up, some of it's reprehensible. But it's funny, and so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but how, yeah, how he does it is just yeah. like you know, all comedians do that. But he's taken it to a different level I haven't seen before. Well, it's and fun. it doesn't. It also helps that he's freaking adorable. Yeah, that's like, he's so freaking cute. It's he not is even funny. <laughs> it, yeah, that's true. True. Um, but yeah, so um, so movement, the movement in society, and I, I can tell you um, that I have been called to heal the divine fem- feminine because I, I f- am drawn to topics that, um, that they stir anger within me, and I will have a conversation with someone about something that overall, big picture, somebody would be like, why are you even spending energy on that? Why are you bothering with that it doesn't matter but it's I do believe that I have been called to help heal this portion of society and of where we're at right now in the universe because I do bother with some of these little things that people right and just because it doesn't bother them doesn't mean it's not shouldn't shouldn't bother somebody else like I mean we're all different um I I just think that yeah we're all different so I would like to know from both of you what you would you say the word for the for the listeners that like aren't familiar with this topic what we're talking about when you say divine feminine and you're talking about this topic could you give you know like a little bit of insight or just a little bit more of what you are where you're coming from when you're talking about this topic so for people that just are new to this topic that would be really helpful i think go for it Jess. So my, okay, I'll go first because Holly's is going to be very much more deep and eloquent than mine will be. Um, I would say that my, um, my definition of divine feminine is um, it's an all encompassing um, energy and, um, and it's within ourselves. Right. And, um, but it's, it's much more of a, um, uh, I don't know. It just, it feels good. It's a, it's a good nurturing 
feeling and spirit, um, but it also is a fair and a just and a balanced uh, spirit and energy vibe that that um, radiates within all of us, but some of us carry it around out in the open and others have buried it and boxed it in, right? Um, and I do believe that it is injured. It is injured in our society. Our society has spent many hundreds of years uh, injuring it, keeping it down, pushing it down, squashing it. Um, and we, I feel like that divine feminine movement that I'm speaking about is finally like inkling out of the Pandora's box. We're, we're coming out in little ways here and there and, um, and trying to heal that. Holly, that that yeah, that was really good. I, I, I think you had a great explanation of what we mean when we were talking about it. Holly, what do you think? You want to add to that? Um, I, I do, but I just want to take that in for a second. I just want to I know, because I had so many thoughts when you were talking, Jessica. Like when you said, like I don't know if you said the word suppress, but I was just thinking like so many thoughts, like. Um, like the witch trials where they were trying to like hold women back then, but then also just keeping us in our place, in our homes, keeping us held back. Even when my mom was growing up and my grandma, the options were like, you could be a teacher or a nurse, or you could clean hotel rooms. You know, there, we didn't, there was no, or stay at home and raise the kids. And anytime we were trying to like go beyond that, we were pushed back in our place. We didn't even get to vote, you know, the, for century or like as long as women have been alive until recently. Recently, we've been held back and then and then then I think we tried to overcompensate and do everything and become like the, the try to the be equal bitches. yeah the man yes. be equal to the man and now what I'm seeing is that we're trying to own that feminine side but yet still be this powerful powerful force in the world without trying to become a man but owning what we bring to the table and so it's just been this like suppression 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 and then wait a second we finally got the doors open so we ran ran hard but we ran hard too far or the wrong way <laughs> yes. and yeah. now it's like let's 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 figure this out because we we went crazy there for a minute and now we need to figure out yes we're powerful but not in the same way that men are mm. Also well said. So yeah. this is so good because I feel like when you talk about these things, it's almost like you have to put them on a table to talk about them and they're not going back in. So what are you going to do with them? You have to transmute them and heal them and let them go out to be sent back to the place where all the thoughts can be regenerated into love. So I would call that going back to creator. I have a prayer about that in my prayer book and I call it, um, <laughs> I'll tell you in a second because too many thoughts are coming in. Okay. Um, this happens okay, um, during our readings all the time, Amanda, by the way. <laughs> she'll, just, she'll just bust out laughing and be like, the guys are telling me 40 million things. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Yeah. I, I usually, so usually what I would do in, in a session is set sacred space and then I ask for the all, everything, the people that are coming forth, you know, if there's deceased ones or whatever. and your ancestors and, and all the thoughts and all the questions to get in line because I'm just one little brain. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let, let, let's go back to what Jess said and how Amanda just like took all the ingredients and made a cake out of it. So what, what I call all of this, the injured energy and the hidden energy, and, and you said witch trials, Amanda, 
there's a frequency of persecution that we all deal with. And I can't tell you how many ways persecution comes in. It's not just I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be in trouble for doing readings or using herbs or, you know, taking that to the uh, more modern degree of being a doctor. You know, and persecution comes into the, the thoughts and minds of not just women, but all people because we were persecuted for healing ourselves. We were persecuted for pissing off our neighbors. You know, you, yeah. you, your, your, hus your neighbor's husband likes you. Yeah, she we were tells, persecuted for being attractive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for being yeah. attractive, for yeah. being whatever, smelling good, you know, making a good pie, who knows, you know, being a good mom, <laughs> having a big house, right. you know? I mean, that's, that's why we have things like all these rules and regulations because we treated each other badly for a long time. So healing persecution is something that I ask for a lot and I've written a lot of prayers about it and done a lot of talking about it because I, I just find it all the time. It, it's cycling and cycling and cycling, you know, peeling the onion layers back, but it's getting better. But the thing you have to remember when you're healing anything is that there's, there's two sides. So we, you can't heal persecution in yourself without also healing being the persecutor. Yeah. So I want to heal the time I dismembered someone and the time I was dismembered. I want to heal the time I raped someone and the time I was raped. We have to heal both sides of the coin because of the way our soul energies work. When from the other side, we're not detached from the good and the bad. We're everything. So we, we have to get into the both halves of it. So speaking of that, both halves are the divine masculine and the divine feminine are two halves of one whole. So the way I see the divine feminine is, is these beautiful puzzle pieces that fit together that aren't alike. So if we describe the masculine and describe the feminine and both of them become powered, then, you know, we can come up with a lot of really definitive energies like the, you know, the hunter gatherer theory, you know, there's somebody who's hunting the meat and somebody who's gathering the herbs and, you know, somebody's out shooting the arrows and somebody's keeping the stove warm at home. You know, there's, there's all these ideas of, of roles. We have mixed those roles up, luckily, because, you know, who wants to be stuck in their role? And it, that doesn't mean that the woman is, is a better, you know, shot with the arrow than the, than the man is. You know, it, it, it's, it's just an old paradigm of thinking. But our society is set up so that we are always persecuting someone or something. You've heard people talk about slavery, that there's always been someone that's been a slave on this planet. And in order to free the divine feminine, we have to free slavery. You know, we have to free in our minds where we want someone to serve us and where we do not want to serve anyone. We have, yes. to, we have to free those paradigms because if we don't, then we're walking with them. We're still holding the energy. And the, so the prayer that I use is called release protocol. And it says, Father, Mother, God, Goddess, Creator, Source of all that is. I'm going to give you the shortened version. Please surround everything I'm releasing with light and take it back to its own highest outworkings and disconnect me from it. Thank you and amen. Yep. So it's everything you're releasing. Ask for it to be surrounded with light. So it's put in a little package, disconnected from you and taken back to Creator. And when, it, when you set, send it back to its Creator, if you're the Creator, it's going to come back to you in a new form. If it was sent to you from an evil resource, you know, or whatever, then it's going to go back to that resource. But speaking of the pendulum swing that Amanda was talking about, sometimes we do overcorrect. You know, sometimes we do have that part of us that says, 
you know, you suppress me, so I'm not, now I'm going to kick your ass. You know, I want you to feel the pain I feel. And it's, a, it's such a human way to feel, but it doesn't resolve the issue. It just swaps it. So women be a slave. No, no, man, you be a slave. And, and we do do that. You know, we, we roll reverse. So there's women that are bringing home the, the money and being the hunters and, and women or men who are staying home and being Mr. Mom, they call it, even though you're not Mrs. Mom. You know, I love when people say, is the husband going to watch the kids? I'm like, you don't say watch the kids when mom's at home with the kids. Right. Watching my kids. Yeah. <laughs> or they say, ba- they home. say babysit. And you're like, what do you mean babysit? Those are your kids. Yeah, right. I do think, you know, when you're talking that it's not, you're right. It's not just the feminine side of things that have altered. If you think about it, there's a redefining and restructuring of the masculine side too in that you know there seems to be like I th- maybe because the feminine side rose up so strongly the masculine side pulled back and you you know the numbers like of college women and and g- women completing college is higher and uh, the roles of women coming up and the men pulling back and also not showing up as father figures and just kind of pulling away in general in society. Um, I think there's, there is, there was some misbalance there or some, something that happened. And I think there's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that everything's been disrupted on both sides, I think. And there's, it's being figured out, but I don't think it's figured out yet. I think there's. No, I, yeah, I agree. There's a, there's an entire paradigm or a, just a, a name that's used for this men that you're talking about, they're called the betas. And it's this whole entire group of men that are considered weak and um, they're not, they're not standing up for the traditional men, uh, masculine roles. And, um, and these traditional masculine men that are still in society are calling them betas. Yeah. It's, and there's a lot of it. You see it a lot in, and I don't know where that came from because I I don't think that that was as prevalent in the past as it as it is now. I, I will agree with you on that. And just from strictly from a legal perspective, when I'm working with all these families and these divorces, um, I'm seeing a large amount of men who are giving up. They're just like, I'm not even going to have a relationship with my kid. I'm not even going to pay mm-hmm. child support. I'm not even going to do. I'm not even going to fight for them anymore. There's a huge portion of um, men out there now that are making that choice consciously that never were before yeah wow yeah what did and they so, do before they just they just disappeared they just fall in line and just pay the child support and you know and visit their children and and care but now they're they are disappearing or they are just flat out saying i'm not doing it and i don't care i don't care what you say and i don't care that there's a court order i'm not doing it hmm. I've, I've i've heard a lot of the other side of that of probably from friends, not definitely not from a legal perspective, but from friends or people I know where the fathers just don't pay and, yep. and don't see their kids. Yep. And they just, you know, they keep their lives small. They just say, I can't afford it. And they sacrifice their relationship with their children because of it. And then that didn't, that didn't happen previous, you know, like 20 years ago, that really wasn't how it worked. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm 
sure it's got to do with whatever's going on. But, but before we relied on men so much more, you know, and they had a stronger place in society and, and it was expected of them to provide for the family and go gather mm-hmm. the meat and go, you know, go get the job and the women stayed home. And now that's taken away. And then they're like, you know what? I don't want to do any of it. You can have it. I don't want to work. I don't want to take care of the kids. Just, just do it. And I'm going to do nothing. Have you guys noticed how much more that's happening since COVID? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If not, this isn't, that's both sides, <laughs> men and women. <laughs> yeah. I would say that, that I have noticed that since COVID. Um, it's a restructuring that... of, so I don't think of it as a total bad thing. I just think, again, it went too far the other way, but I think some restructuring and balancing of life needed to happen because our, the generations before us, it was just all about work and no work-life balance. And we needed to have more of a work-life balance. But then again, it went, <laughs> it went a little too extreme, but it, it's not, it's not a bad thing. We just need to rein it in a little bit. Interesting. That's my thought. Yeah, I never, I didn't ever put together, put those two together until you just did that just now, where maybe the the uprising of the feminine, that extreme uprising, has been the thing that has emasculated the masculine. Um, mm. Maybe it is the thing. And I never, I never understood that before until just now. So that's interesting. I didn't think of it till it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do these podcasts. It is why we do these podcasts. <laughs> when Jessica and I talk, just shit happens. Yeah, it does. And we, and we always have, and this is why we decided to do this podcast, because we always had these really huge epiphanies in our hours long conversations that we would have with each other. And we're like, we, we need to share this with the world. <laughs> I know. Why isn't everybody a part of this conversation right now? And that's what it sounds like when you're listening to the podcast. It sounds like you're, you, like you, you can't join them, but your girlfriends are talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, but funny. now you're joining us. Yes, I'm so lucky. Great. So, so Holly, oh, go ahead, Jessica. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was actually going to switch direction. So if you have, want to talk about what we were just saying. No, that's great. Oh, Go I was just going to say, uh, like, Holly, when you think of our podcast and, like, the women, um, empowering women, inspiring women, the kind of our goal of the podcast of encouraging self-growth, self-love, healing, inner, inner healing, all that stuff, what is something that you feel is important for those listeners um, in I mean, it doesn't have to do with the divine feminine, but I feel like all those things are supporting the divine feminine. Well, this might be like the weird, loopy, loopy, weird, strange place that I'm going, but I'm really hung up on your last two podcasts about each body. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you, first of all, that both of you need therapy. (laughs) Oh my God, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> I know Jess thinks this about Amanda, and I know Amanda thinks it about Jess. You guys are so beautiful. I'm oh, like, thank you. You're complaining about her body. Jess is complaining about her body, too. It's like 25 years old. You know? I know. And she does. I, I'm 5'3". First of all, I'm just for your, so for your listeners know, I know you guys probably think I'm really young. And I really am young, but I'm 58. And wow. I'm pretty much going to tell everybody I'm 60, and here's why. Because I'm sick of all the, the confusion and the calculations. I'm sick of the 
BS, which my guide says stands for belief system, but we all know what it really stands for. I'm <laughs> sick of people like, how old are you? People have asked me how old I am since I was like 15 years old. They get, they, I don't know why people think you can just come up and ask somebody their age. I, I don't do that to people, but people have done to me my whole life. So I'm sick of calculating what year I was born and trying to remember if I'm 57 or 58 or 59. I don't know why. I can, so I'm going to tell people I'm 60 for like five years and then I might jump to 62 or 63. Okay. But here's the deal. I am 5'3", so I'm on the shorter side. And when I was in like high school, early 20s, I was like 105 pounds when I graduated high school. And then like all through my 20s and probably into my 30s, I was like, I mean, I porked out at like 120, 125, you know, and I just thought I have a small frame. So I just thought I was, I thought I was fat. And Jess talks about body dysmorphia. I hated being in a swimming suit. I was so scared to even, I don't know, I'm an extrovert too. So it's just so confusing to be afraid to be in a swimming suit. So that <sighs> stayed with me for a long time. And then my hormones did some loopy stuff. And that's another long story. You guys can do a whole podcast about but I gained weight and it's, I just have one of those bodies that likes to be a size 12. So I'm 5'3 and a size 12, which when you're 5'3, a size 12, make, you know, it looks a little bigger than it does on somebody who's tall. You know, it's a, supposedly the most popular size in America. But anyway, way and way, right? So <laughs> I, I've been living in Colorado for 30 years. Four years ago, I moved to Florida and I like to kayak a lot and I kayaked a lot in, Colorado, but in Colorado, the water's freezing, even in summer, it's freezing. So you don't swim a lot. Here, there's, I live near seven rivers. I live near springs that look like the Caribbean. Wow. And that's, that's how we ended up moving here. We just kept coming and kayaking. And then, I don't know, my husband fell in love with this house and here we are. But I had to get my mind right about swimming. And I, I wrote this on uh, you guys' Facebook page. I also, in my body dysmorphia, I didn't know what it was called, but that's what it was. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's really true. But regardless, <laughs> I just decided that I must get over how I think I look. And I must concentrate as hard as I can on how I feel. So there's, there's certain things. I have certain rules for myself that I allow and certain rules for myself that I don't allow. So I think when I turned 54 or something... I was like, you are no longer allowed to complain about your arms. You just aren't. Just no. No, no, no. You can wear sleeveless shirts. You can wear tank tops. You can wear whatever the hell you want. You don't get to complain about your arms. The other thing I decided is because I'm in and out of a kayak and, and I like to swim, that I will wear swimwear that is conducive of both things which means that if my arms are going all over the place, I don't have to worry about a boob falling out. <laughs> or, you know, a tie coming undone. So I wear like tankinis and I wear little short skirts. So they're, um, they're actually not that short. I get tall size because I have decided that I don't, I don't really care if anybody sees my upper thighs. I mean, I don't care if they're tan. I don't care if anybody sees them. I mean, other than the bedroom, then that's a different story. But, you know, <laughs> when, when I'm on the beach, I'm, I'm on the beach. I don't, I just want to have fun. I want to yeah. think about how I feel, which is, who am I with? What game are we playing? Do I get to be in the water? Do I get to swim? Do I get to see manatee? Do I get to take my kayak in a new place? Is there going to be an alligator? And, you know, that's yeah. my life now. So I try to catch the deprecating thoughts. 
And I try to make yearly commitments to my self-love. And I try to also support myself with clothing I feel comfortable in that is not about degrading myself or hiding myself. I love this. Yeah. And well, and actually, you know, I think I feel like we, that was us. We were in the moment. We were enjoying it. Uh, I think Jessica even said this. It was really only the times where we took the photos and they were like, Oh yeah, that's what I look like. (laughs) But, um, other than that, you know, we didn't let it ruin our experience. We were totally present and connected and excited and the, being a part of the water and the, hearing the waves and all of it, we we had a great experience. It was just, you know, just don't get your phone out and take photos <laughs> of yourself. Don't take photos. Don't take yes. the photos. Just be in the experience and let your mind think that you look so much better there on the beach than what you did. But maybe you do look that good in the photos. I mean, I when I was when I weighed like 125, I was like, I'm so fat. I, mean, I know, it's I true. We all do never that. never photos of myself. And I just, it, my daughter said something to me. I, I was looking at a picture of me with some of my grandsons, and she said, Mom, I don't think you realize how small you are. And what, one of my grandsons is um, 20. And I think he's like 18 in the picture or something. And I looked at the picture, and I was like, he's like a foot taller than me, and I do look kind of small. And I was like, what is my problem? Why am I looking yeah. at myself when I have this beautiful young man to look at? part of my heart you know this thing that walks on the earth and makes me so 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 happy and I'm worried that I look fat screw that you know it's just such a dumb waste of time and it's it's perpetuated I mean we're like this for a reason I I was talking to a friend of mine his name's Shaitan Parkin he wrote a book called Human Design and he knows people he knows personalities and I was trying to tell him talk to him about you know healing this and he goes "Ah, I don't know advertising is against it it's true. It's so true. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad right now. Yep. Yep. It's true, though. It's very true. <laughs> because so, I mean, there's there's an entire financial industry built around us feeling insecure about our looks. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's what you were kind of talking about when you said you went into the store. And for you, it was a resistance because you're so used to those perfect bodies and perfect mm-hmm. mannequins that you felt uncomfortable when they didn't have the perfect ones. And that's just yep. because you've been trained that it's supposed to be the ideal and it's supposed to be perfect and you're not supposed to have out there the other options. And, um, and so yep. it, it didn't feel, it didn't sit right with you. It was a disruption. Yep. Yeah. And that, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on us to be a certain way. And I think that the women in Europe aren't like that. Well, the, the younger generations aren't like that either. <laughs> yeah, we, we are discussing that. Yeah, because our kids, our kids, are our not. kids have learned. They've, I don't know how or when this occurred, but they don't care. They really, <laughs> they don't care. But they, they could take a picture on the beach, and they would think they look great, and they could be. It didn't matter what size, shape, whatever. They don't care. They're not like us. <laughs> and don't try to talk to them about what we were raised with. Yeah. Like these preconceived notions and these ideas. Yeah. Uh-uh. They lose their minds. Yeah. On we're you. fat and shaming. Like, I know. We what are. is wrong and with you? That you <laughs> can't even talk <laughs> oh about this. This is so fun. It is. The, it is I know. I wish, like, at one point, I'm going to bring my my youngest daughter on because she's freaking hilarious at, at her perspective of things. But like, there are things I'm. For some reason, when I talk about 
people, people in general. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> size, size and shape um, is something this is one of the first things I notice about them. And so it's, is, you know, it's, yeah, and it's, it's not always a negative thing. Sometimes no. you're just pointing it out, yes, like as a, yes. as a, th- and they're like, "Why are you doing that?" And you're like, "I'm literally just describing them so you knew who I was talking about." Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to do it. And they're like, "You shouldn't be saying it that way." And you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I know. And Anna, Anna, when she will, she'll go off on me and be like, "Stop talking about my friends like that." And I'm just like. That's just a descriptive, like, word. Like, I know. <laughs> I, I, same here. It's, it's like, some, something happened. Something happened yeah. to our kids, and I don't know how or when or why it happened, and it's very you strange. You're like little goddesses. I yes. love this because I don't have exactly. access. I have four grandsons now. That's my world. Is the you need to come visit Anowin. Maybe I'll just send Anowin to you for a week. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, can rule the world down here. So, I, I do want to... I do want to mark something, though, because my guides have told me that if I want to stop noticing things in myself, I have to train myself to stop noticing it in others. So when I see someone, I've caught myself saying she'd be perfect if she lost five pounds. Yeah. And I I mean, I just want to I'm like, no, 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 mind. Wherever you got that from, you have to send it back. It does not get to be. I know I'm I'm not going to think that way. So, you know, if you. If you don't know how you started thinking about something, it probably came. I mean, we are all psychic. We can pick up our own mother's thoughts. It might have yeah. been in my mother's mind. You know, it might have, I might have heard it at school when I was in fourth grade. Who knows where I got it? But I want to send it back. I want to erase it, you know, heal it, maybe bring it to the surface and heal it. Love it. And like, you know, like you guys as girls are, are saying. Our kids like, must not be psychic then, Jessica. They're not, they're yeah. not. <laughs> They're not picking it. They're they're resisting what we're putting out. Yeah. (laughs) They did did not sign up for that generational trauma. No, they didn't. They're like, "Uh, no thanks. You guys can keep that. (laughs) So funny. But if if they do find something they got from you, that's the other part of all this psycho psychology, you know, stuff being available is that when when they do find something they got from you, they mail you on it. Oh, and that's kind of brutal. Oh yeah. Yeah, even yeah. if it's not from you, they still blame you. You're the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always ask myself, did I do that to my mom? Is that what I did to my mom? You know, I'm always trying to figure that out. Yeah. No. So that is true. So, yeah, training yourself to notice, um, you know, the person with the blonde hair or whatever. You know, my husband simultaneously will. He'll say something about someone's weight. He'll see. He'll say the chubby girl, and I'm like, she's at least a size smaller than me. And he's like, no, no, that's not true because he's known me since I was 23 years old, and he's, you know, blinded by love, I guess. But he and he also will ask me why. Why don't you wear a bikini? He just doesn't know why I don't wear a bikini. Oh, that's because so girls. Funny. Yeah, I and I love that he does that, but I'm also like, because I don't want to tell you why. That's <laughs> Why? <laughs> but down here, all sizes wear bikinis. Girls wear what they want. You yep. know, it's um, it. You know, this is the South. This, there's fast food and fried chicken on every corner, and and that's how people eat down here. I don't. I eat super healthy, and I, you know, uh, who knows? It's. I mean, just be what you are. But yeah, people wear bikinis down here, and and I don't know if you can actually buy a swimming suit with a whole butt in it these days. Nope. 
<laughs> no, nope. like just like you know the little tiny strap, you know. So that's kind of fun, you know. That's like that's kind of fun. <laughs> well, your swimsuit ends up there anyway, so why buy that extra fabric? <laughs> yeah. I was watching some show. I think uh, uh, the summer I turned pretty or whatever, and she and she was. She's turning like 15 or 16, and she said, I don't wear thongs. That's like flossing my butthole. <laughs> when, you were talk- when you were talking about the swimsuits that go up, I thought it made me think of that. It made me laugh. Yep, yeah. I've just been owning that. I used to look, I used to wear, like, always get the, like, um, the swimsuits that like tr- came down low and I also have always worn really long shorts all the way down to my knees or else capris and I when we went to Florida I only wore short shorts and my husband was like I've never seen you in shorts like this why have since I've known you you've never worn shorts like this you have great legs you should be wearing these they look so much better on you and I was like I don't know I just never thought I could um so now I th- I'm like okay fine if he likes me in these shorts I guess I should be okay with it so what's comfortable yeah i i totally am into what's comfortable so i i wonder where you got that idea or that thought what thought well you said you've always worn longer shorts so you know i i just would be curious like just to do some self-exploration to just see where it came from i i don't know i have some ideas but yeah I i don't know probably just own my own insecurities and thoughts and beliefs also also maybe just styles i mean the time we were we we were raised in the 90s and i played basketball and i was always into like the board shorts and the longer shorts when i was that age and i kind of just felt like maybe i should keep with that i don't know i'm not sure why i did that i need to put you on uh like uh what's that show uh with the queer eye where they so people who dress like from high school, they're like, dude, that's what they were wearing 20 years ago. You're so out. And then they make them current. And then uh-huh. that. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and remember, Amanda, you're the you're only one girl of boys. Yeah. Oh, brothers. you're all brothers. Uh-huh. Yes. She is all brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was so never, I was never really girly. And I also think some of it might have to do with my, my mom's like your height. She's five, three. And she, she always felt like her legs were bigger and thighs were bigger. And I remember as a kid, her say, talking and commenting on that and wanting oh. to cover up her thighs. So I feel you like know? it probably comes from that and feeling like, trauma, Oh trauma. yeah. Like me rehearing <laughs> that and thinking, Oh, I should probably cover my thighs because you know, they're, they need to be covered. And so I feel like some of it, so it's kind of a combination probably of both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I love, see, you just, it took you like 60 seconds to wind that back to where you got it from. So when you, when you do that, when you find out, you know, oh, here's this little kernel, take a shovel in there. Don't pull out the kernel. Just say like, guys, take it all out. Whatever I heard my mom be insecure about, take it all out now. You know, just that's the whole beauty of, of the transgenerational trauma thing is that you can clean out so much once you once you get something you can really dig yeah so everybody that's listening let's all feel it let's feel everything we heard from our mothers that was their own insecurity and let them have their insecurities and hope they heal it but let's let's ask that i say father mother god god is creator source of all that is please remove and release insecurities that i have let overlay upon me release me from them help me be free of them and and just own my own beauty Thank you and amen.
Thank you and amen. I love that. Yeah, thank you and amen. <laughs> and I wore a swimming suit I would never wear. I wore like you know that when I wore Jessica. Yeah. I that's yeah. something unusual. I didn't wear it and I just didn't let it bother me at all. I'm like, I'm sure other people probably look better than this than me, but I don't care. I'm wearing it and I'm owning yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was one of those super sexy ones that has like the cutouts all over the place and all yeah. Right. Yeah. It was definitely what'd your husband say? I don't know if he said too much. <laughs> he, I think he liked it, but he was working a lot. So I, I, I didn't. Oh, he did work a lot during that trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you need to do like a, um, a little redo, maybe put it on and like wear your robe around the house and just be like, well, you didn't notice it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's very funny. I'll bet he did notice it. I'll oh. bet he says something. Yeah, he, my first husband probably wouldn't have noticed it, but yeah, he definitely noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Holly, well, any last thoughts or anything else that you want to talk about about this topic or things that you felt like is important to share when you were on the podcast with us? There's one thing that I wrote. I, I always take notes when I'm talking. Just It's just my way of processing. But there's one word that I like to talk about and, and then an ending word. Um, the first word is impervious, and and that's a big uh, word in my work right now because there are overlays of energy that we can become impervious to. So I want to be impervious to advertising suggestions that I'm less than anything. You know, I want to be the full goddess that I am in, in this incarnation and, and understand my full and complete beauty. I and not want to. I am understanding my full and complete beauty more and more each day. So I want to become impervious to anything that anything that overshadows my life. I'm impervious to that. It's it's a word that you can use in a lot of situations. That is a word that you know in, in metaphysics they don't say are they excuse me they always say don't don't say I don't want this because your subconscious doesn't hear don't your your subconscious hears this and so you end up staying stuck in the old frequency yes. so it's like the movie the secret you know you you, you want to involve yourself with how you want to be so that you begin to attract those frequencies but impervious yes. doesn't rock the boat on that psychological um, trick i like it so i just want to be impervious to imbalances with the divine feminine and i want to embrace an empowered balanced divine feminine within myself and i want to also witness and embrace it with within others because sometimes we do end up sacrificing what we're working on because of our own judgment i mean just as much as we're taught to judge ourselves we're taught to judge others and oftentimes we're so justified in our judgments that we we attach ourselves to them with great loyalty and i'll give you a good example the best example right now is politics it, you know people will attach themselves to one side or the other or one belief system or another and I've told my husband, because he's very attached to one side, that you could take all the tenants on, on both sides, mix them up in a bowl, and then apply them to 100 people in a room, and you won't have one person that aligns completely with one party. Yep. Everybody's bipartisan. You know, It's just that you may be more aligned with one party than the other, maybe 51% or whatever. So attachment is, is useless, and becoming impervious to the overlays of consciousness that are, are pressing upon our society, that's freedom. I love that. I do too. I, I love that you bring that up because I feel like 
people feel I think we're forced to feel like we have to attach and I don't think that's we shouldn't have to feel that way now I refuse I do too you know I tell people I'm a republicrat start a new party start a new party yeah. this is it <laughs> when people used to ask, ask our bloodlines my mom used to tell people I was kind 57 and she's like because you know you're you, you're this, that, and the other, and majorly three things, but, you know, there's all these little tricks, you know, and now that we have DNA tests, we know the mailman was somebody's dad, and all, you know, we're everywhere. <laughs> I know. My my uncle, well, my my aunt's husband, they've been married. It says her second husband, but they've been married for over 20 years, but he was like, it's a girl <laughs> a couple <laughs> years ago because he found out he had another 47-year-old daughter. <laughs> From a, oh, yeah, from like, he had one daughter and then, you know, it was just a weekend fling thing that happened. And then she found him on like ancestry.com and they met and she's a great person, but it was just funny because he, I loved how he like wasn't ashamed of it. It was like this big thing in the mail. It's a girl. <laughs> like announcement. It's a reveal party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I know. I mean, there's your new business, reveal parties for um, ancestors. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> and next thing we know, we'll be seeing like those TikToks instead of them shooting off the little balloons or whatever they do or, or cutting yeah. the cakes. It'll be all these like older oh, people. I love, people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can do it. You can put it on Facebook. I found out I had a child. I have a child. Or I have a child. You know, drum up the whole thing, and then here it is. She's forty-seven. <laughs> okay, and my next thing is gratitude. I I feel like gratitude really does heal the world, and I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm grateful for the connection I feel with you guys. You you both of you women are so strong and wonderful, and and just in your bodies, present, grounded. I love it. I love that your mothers and you can talk about your children and, and they're younger. So I get that. I get the current energy, <laughs> which I don't get from my kids because they're grown. Um, and and I, I just love that you're doing this. I love that you're taking the time to do this. There's absolutely no money available to pay you. You know, I mean, maybe there will be someday. You'll get a big, generous landslide of, of income and advertising <laughs> and all good things happening. But you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. So thank you for that. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being who you are. Yeah, we're grateful for you, too, for coming yeah. on and doing this with us. And, and and we're grateful, Holly, that you came on knowing that we wouldn't pay you anything because we know your time is money as well. And we appreciate that you wanted to be a part of this out of the goodness of your heart. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I love talking about all the spiritual subjects and, uh, you know, an hour out of my time to do that is a pleasure. Oh, that's wonderful. And if anybody wants to get in contact with me, they can look on my website. I didn't mention it earlier because I, you know, I don't know why I didn't, but it's lightworkersalliance.com. Lightworkersalliance.com. I'm on Facebook under Holly Berger, Instagram under Holly Berger, and my website, lightworkersalliance.com. And I make sure, Holly, to tell everybody that I know, I always refer to you as my spiritual advisor, and then always they're like, who is that? What is that? <laughs> and so I tell, like, anybody who is listening right now that knows me personally knows that I've spoken about Holly. Anybody who is at our wedding knows who Holly is because they've met her or at least seen her in person. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, she's been a lifesaver for me, and I have never been the same since she entered my life ever. Aww. <laughs> you, I do want to say, Jess, that you're pretty amazing. You, I mean, you were like spiritual what? Spiritual me. <laughs> like you, you just, at first you were like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, and then you know, a couple months yeah. later, you're like, I have questions. Yeah, yep. Jessica will challenge you. That's for sure. She doesn't just take something. She She's, took it. Yeah, she took it. Did take it though. Like she, she embodied it. A lot of times, people come to me. You know, she had spiritual questions. I gave her spiritual answers, and she's like, "I don't know about any of this stuff. I don't know what you're talking about." She's raising four kids. You know, she doesn't have time for this full time job and everything else. But then she, it was there. I mean, you just showed up. It yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, it still is. It is. It still is. It's it's been a real wonderful journey. So Yeah, but I I I probably like introduced her to my crazy spiritual stuff back in the day. Remember me talking about yeah, all those show, cool. oh, shows I, I books I read and you were probably like, Okay, weirdo <laughs> Oh I was. And then when I met Clay, my husband, um whom whom introduced me to Holly when I met Clay, he was talking about all of that stuff. And I was like, Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> here we go again. I used to watch all those psychic shows yes. and like all yeah. the, read all those books and tell you about them. And you were like, uh-huh. oh. that is so funny. <laughs> it is. It is. She was surrounded. She, I am. I am. I am, still am. Yeah. yeah. She had no chance. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I, I want to express my gratitude again. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks, Amanda, for making space for Holly, just because I she knows how important you are, Holly, in my life. And um, I'm so glad that we brought the big guns out when it comes to this divine feminine and we are topping off this subject matter and closing it out, really, because I, I feel like the things that were said at the end there and the prayers that we made and the and the genuine sharing that you did, Holly, just really it put like a lid on something that her and I, Amanda and I have had open and kind of floating around for a while. So I I really appreciate that. 